Hello and welcome to the Rising Warrior Podcast. Today we are talking with the caring, wonderful and wise Anat Perry. Anat is a transformational coach who specializes in developing her clients' emotional resiliency as the access to gaining their power back that was once lost to traumas. Anat is the founder and head facilitator of Training Camp for the Soul and has over 17 years of developmental work. In this episode, we talk about her working definition of what trauma is. We talk about behavioral patterns that we create to keep us from connecting with ourselves and avoid certain emotional feelings. We also talk about how our nervous system responds to traumas and how we can learn to become energetic Jedis. If you find any of this episode entertaining, interesting, or valuable, please share so that this information can get into the hands of those who need it. Thank you, and enjoy the show. All right, Anat, thank you for being on. Uh, Anat here is uh, founder and head facilitator of something called Training Camp for the Soul. And my definition of what Training Camp for the Soul does is, for me, it helped me get out of my own way. And it helped me deal with traumas in my life and gave me the tools to deal with other traumas and not in our realm the people that we work with with first responders many of them think of traumas as what we like to call t-trauma huge significant horrific events and uh, i believe we both can agree on this trauma isn't necessarily this big horrific event all the time it can be small things um so i would love to get your definition enough of what you view trauma is yeah awesome thanks for having me on here um trauma i define it as any experience that your nervous system did not have a capacity to hold, to be with, to process through. So a lot of times when people think trauma, they are thinking the big T trauma, but what's also included in it is just any experience that at the time you didn't have the cognitive ability as well as the nervous system, physical ability, energetic ability to hold that energy, to let that energy, that experience move through you. So are there, well, I know this, this is a rhetorical question for all of us here. Um, So are there tools and things that we can learn to deal with these traumas that come up? Previous, let's let's start with previous traumas. Uh, Previous traumas meaning like, before the age of seven. <laughs> I, I knew we were going to get into that. Well, Let's as start opposed with that. To, you know, you work with first responders and, and, and veterans that are dealing with traumas, you know, cur- you know, happening current time or in their twenties mm, uh, you know, or thirties. And so it's, it's that that's different. They have the cognitive ability there. They're aware of what's happening. It's a lot mm-hmm. more than the nervous system than it is for a four-year-old child. I, I like this. This is, a, this is a great question. I, I'm glad you brought it up. 
um, many of the veterans that I've worked with, their trauma or their, their traumatic event that they can pin to actually happened before the military. Mm-hmm. And the military was the pressure cooker that, you know, blew the lid off. So yes, let's start with traumas before the age of seven. Awesome. By the way, move your mic a little bit back. Away? Yeah. Better? Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The, the breath was in there. Yeah. I'm a heavy breather. <laughs> we could deal with that trauma now. <laughs> Still working on it. So interesting. You're saying, so you're saying most of the vets that you work with. I, I, I won't say, I won't say most, but a large majority of, of them I've talked to and um, yeah. they've said traumatic events were happening before yeah. and then everything blew the lid when they joined the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I imagine also part of what had them join the military was the traumas. Possibly. I, I like, like what we call post-traumatic growth. So those, there, there's certain people that mm-hmm. um, like I have a client that experienced uh, her mother was physically and verbally abusive to her. Um, but the, the growth that came out of that, her, her nervous system's ability to um, walk towards danger, so to speak. Like she went for a hike with her boyfriend and this woman fell off her bike and like broke her arm. And my client is like, just run towards her and help her out. And her boyfriend's like, uh, what do we do? Like, I don't know. Like, she's not afraid to face certain experiences because her nervous system's like, oh yeah, this is familiar. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I've noticed the people I've chatted with, um, childhood stories of being, uh, abused or having a chaotic home life or um, going through difficult situations, you know, so difficult socioeconomic background. Uh, A lot of the guys and gals I've talked to come from some of those backgrounds and tend to be some of the most badass people as adults. Um, Again, post-traumatic growth a little bit and some challenges still remain because now they're compounding it with more and more mm-hmm. traumatic events as adults. Yeah. There's something where, um, you know, the nervous system is looking for famili- familiarity, like what's familiar. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you grow up in chaos, it's like that becomes familiar. That becomes your, your baseline. And the, it, it, it's like, uh, you see this a lot with people that run the aggressive pattern. It's like, too much, too much peace and calmness. Um, mm. Their nervous system's like, am I alive? Mm-hmm. Here? <laughs> oh God, yeah. After yeah. a little bit of time, they have to create some kind of chaotic experience again to feel. Mm-hmm. They're so what used to create that feeling for them was a certain level of intensity mm-hmm. that they need that intensity in order to feel and feel mm-hmm. connected. It's twisted. It's mm-hmm. really twisted. Yeah. And like you said, I imagine this is what draws people to uh to the some people to the military that like, oh, mm-hmm. I love it. I love being in this intensity and this chaos and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can handle that. But it's a whole nother animal, right? 
compared yeah. to um you know mom and dad yelling at you or having a chaotic home to like mm -hmm. being at war and seeing like killing people and you know being shot at and whatever else happens there mm -hmm. like you said it blows the lid off of like whoa this is not what i expected i thought i could handle this and maybe i can't mm -hmm. yeah and even be before we get to the uh uh the war zone it's already a pretty chaotic living to be in just a regular uh, peacetime military um, right the day-to-day -day business of training guns are going off you're going in the field for a long time your uh your your environment is already hyper masculine and very very intense so um before you've even gone to any deployments and lance can speak more to this since he has experience in deployments in iraq um we all have a common experience of getting used to the the volume being turned up from the from the time you step on their footprints at, at boot camp like from that moment the volume is like a thousand mm -hmm. and then there's, there's lulls there's like you know things go down a little bit but you're so used to that that you're actually searching for more excitement one of the reasons why um uh, a significant amount of us really talk about special forces a lot we like talking about like the badass shit it's like part of our entire community like veterans get out and they're still talking about it 20 years later um so yeah absolutely i think there's a lot that's part that it's almost so ingrained in the culture that it's viewed as normal to want to be more intense or more uh um yeah more risk taking for example um, Lance, you could speak to that a little bit more than I can. Uh, and it, the military is a pressure cooker and it doesn't have anything to do necessarily with the combat role or the combat situation. The numbers of suicide, domestic abuse, DUI, drug abuse, so on and so forth are still up and they're still rising. And we haven't been in a wartime situation in our military for quite a few years now. So yeah, it has nothing to do yeah. with the combat role. And a lot of, um, I don't know the statistic, but a very small percentage of the military is in a combat role and actually gonna be in a combat situation. And the numbers are still very large. I think for, it's something less PTSD. I think it's something less than 5% are actually yeah. in, in and around combat zones. That's not even including like actual physical, you shot at someone and they shot back right. at you. That's, that's even smaller. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we, we actually have found that, you know, I know Sean used to say this as well. I'd rather be in a situation where it's really, really intense and I need to react uh, in that intensity and that he actually dreaded when it got, <laughs> when things slowed down, when it was fine. Yeah, there you go. Lance knows about that. So yeah. why is that? What comes up in like in the system or in the moment? Like what's the, what's the dread? What's, um, is that then that you have to deal with your thoughts? Yeah, down and you could most actually likely. like feel what's going on and hear mm -hmm. what's going on as opposed to being the hero in that moment and just like you said, responding mm -hmm. <laughs> to the situation. 
Hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of that that's in our in our communities that um, it's one of the what that's actually one of the main barriers to what we call thriving. Like you can't actually thrive if you can't sit with yourself. If you can't be with yourself in peacetime when when your military service is done, you've done your duty, you've done all your the things that you wanted to do in the military. If you can't sit with yourself completely and fully and engage with others from that place, you will continue to loop back and forth. And at the most, you the most you'll be able to do in that kind of environment is to put a salve to the wound with something to support yourself in the meantime, whether it's, you know, this is why we're careful to, we like talking about plant medicines and cannabis and all these different things and very mindful that it can become crutches very, very quickly, including yeah. pharmaceuticals, of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. That or it's alcohol to numb out. Alcohol's a big one. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. or chasing some kind of uh, chaos, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. causing fights, being abusive to your partner, um, having to go all out at a CrossFit gym. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. I, I think I think that's that. Well, I know that's a huge one for a lot of um, huge military one. individuals, and they think they're doing themselves good. Mm -hmm. um, and anything can be in an addiction and they're addicted to that. Yeah. So underneath the umbrella of addictions, or not necessarily all the way to addiction or not, what what do you call those behaviors that sort of keep us from from addressing what's beneath the surface? Protective. And how can we how can we fair yeah? Yeah, Protective. I'd say you know it doesn't have to look like abuse because abuse means that it, in some way this behavior this action is hurting you, mm -hmm. usually physically, right? hurting you or hurting another physically. That's abusive. Mm -hmm. But um, protect, but, but then there's behaviors that we use to protect ourselves. So it's not causing us hurt immediately. Mm. Uh, it's not abusive in that way, but long term it's detrimental in other ways um mm -hmm. so i call those protectors just the mm -hmm. way that we protect ourselves from um connecting to whatever we are experiencing in that moment mm -hmm. uh, it could be um i mean it could be going to the gym it could be watching mm -hmm. tv mm -hmm. uh, it could be anything cell phones that, yeah cell phones exactly being on our phones um, turning to food, uh, um, sex, porn, mm -hmm. staying busy, workaholic. It's a big one for a lot of us. I, I, I love that. Um, I interact with quite a few people on a day-to-day -day basis with my chiropractic job and everybody is so busy mm -hmm. and like if you were so busy and if the world was so busy getting stuff done, well, we'd have cured cancer, we'd cure world hunger. Well, this pandemic wouldn't be a thing because we'd have already fixed it. And I realized, you know, a long time ago, people are busy to avoid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't like being busy. I like being productive. 
Right. Productive is different. There's also a balance in there. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, rewarding yourself and relaxing. Reading a book, going for a walk in nature. Mm-hmm. My favorite, going to the Korean spa. Oh, yes. I recently yeah. heard about those. Oh, yeah. Check so so from my understanding it's just a it's a facility where they just have a bunch of cool things that you can do like sauna cold plunge yeah massage scrub where they scrub all the dead cells off and then they have like unique um i forget the name that they call it in korean uh different saunas one is a clay room sauna another one is a salt room sauna so the whole thing is is blocks of salt and they all have different uh, ways of pulling what you don't need from your body. So, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is yeah. good. This yeah, is good. No, that's good. I, yeah. A lot of our population, I, I would imagine this is something we would call tapping into the feminine um, mm-hmm. and taking care of yourself. And a lot of this population that we deal with don't understand that that is very beneficial. And many times it's frowned upon. So, no, this is really good. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. got to take care of yourself. Yeah, I would say that's going back to what are some of the basic tools to support your drive, your intensity, your masculine energy, whatever you're up to and creating in the world is you got to find that balance is, mm-hmm. is nurture anything mm-hmm. that soothes and nurtures you um, that's healthy. You know, you could say, oh, well, this bottle of wine soothes me. (laughs) (laughs) There's one of those protectors. Smoking a little weed soothes me. And um, yeah, just making sure that it's like, would you give it to a child? Because you want to think back to that mother energy. You know, it's about mothering yourself, mothering that child. And so it's got to be things that you could give to a child. I'd say that's how you can qualify it yeah yeah we we um have talked a lot about with with a lot of the people that we've worked with so far about burnout and being constantly overworked and almost a lot of the guys and gals we've talked to don't actually know that they're burnt out until something falls apart uh relationship ends uh job ends like they lose something they get sick what in your view keeps people running that script of overworking and how can something like you you were just describing some of those resourcing actions how can they help yeah help use that to balance them yeah um well they again they're used to that as their baseline right their their baseline is revved up (laughs) But for them, it's not revved up. It's normal. So they just go, 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 go. Is It's just normal until a Mack truck hits them, right? Until something mm. forces them to stop, whether it's complete burnout, adrenal fatigue, you know, your, your partner saying, I want a divorce. Um, yeah, like some some major uh, breakdown in your life that you have no choice but to stop. Mm -hmm. And um, 
that is a reality if you keep going is that something like that's going to happen whether it's your health or your relationships usually the two areas are, are going to be affected by that constant go 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 and so first it's a it's a choice mm-hmm. it's a choice right now of like things are good i'm able to balance as they say i'm able to balance <laughs> um and uh really looking at like imagine continuing at this pace mm-hmm. um whether it's being a workaholic and not spending enough time with your kids and your partner or um going hardcore at the gym and being like oh my body can handle it yeah right now it can what about five years, ten years from now so uh or yeah or um numbing out in whatever way to come down from the high like constantly riding that like up and down roller coaster it starts with uh i mean at the end of the day you got to choose you got to choose that i want to learn something different and i get that a lot of people that may be listening to this or that are struggling with this they just don't know so i have a lot of compassion they just don't know um thinking back to yourself john when i met you before you did my program and lance when i met you like just remember that person before training camp for the soul and a while ago yeah for you it definitely was going on like four years almost three four years yeah something like that um but whatever was before that you lived in as like oh well this is i mean this is it. Like I, I try my hardest. I do my best. And like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And what was it in that moment that you're like, life is good, but there's something missing. Like yeah. that moment. Yeah. I, I wanted to share with the listeners, with our audience that I came to training camp for the soul. Uh, for me, it was last year around November. I think we started. Um, 90 day program with a knot and Chris Morhevka and that's where I was. Um, I had left the military. I, you know, was wanted com- nothing to do with it. Like when I got out, I was like, fuck all of this. I am done with like, you know, I went to military school for college and then I went to the Marine Corps Ooh. and I was in the I lived in the middle of the desert, uh, so it was very quiet and at the same time very busy training uh, and doing all kinds of stuff. And and my journey post military was was a roller coaster of all this freedom and a new identity, and I get to play. And then like as soon as I would get to the point of play and and enjoying that, there would be like a tank of like drop all the way down to like, what am I even doing? What is my purpose? Who cares? Like, what am I doing out here? What am I going to do with my life? All the way back to accepting society's norms and being like, well, I guess this is a success. I'm going to take this one to a point where I went from being a, uh, a, a lacrosse coach, uh, learning how to play guitar and writing songs to a corporate guy, uh, dealing with like government clients and, con- and doing management consulting. That was like my, my roller coaster. And I came to TCS with 
those big questions like what's my purpose like what am i doing after the military in my life that uh is actually meaningful because i'd gotten to the point where i had the money i got the nice car i lived in a cool city i got all the things that in the, in the beginning when i first get out of the military i didn't think i could have for whatever reason i had those beliefs and later i got them had them in hand and i looked around and i was like this this can't be it this is this sucks like it's fine on the surface i look great and i don't like any of this so that's how i came to tcs and and one of the things i wanted to ask you today i'm not is um around people coming to tcs with these big questions meaning purpose what is my heart like i didn't even by the way i never used the word what's in my heart before i joined tcs <laughs> i i just said purpose and meaning because those are the words we, we've, we've talked about but i would say like the meaning of life or the purpose of my existence blah 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 um how do you as a as a facilitator at tcs support people in that journey when they start asking those big questions um and where do most of your clients end up who are asking those bigger questions yeah so i i i know a lot of my clients that ask that question or that have life looks great on the outside people want their life but internally they're like slowly dying or like what is the point here um i'm not enjoying this first is uncovering that they are most likely not creating their life they're living mm. something that they learned or that they inherited um or that they created as a way to survive their childhood so they're living out a life in a script based on what they saw, heard, felt. You know, you see generations of like, oh yeah, my, my dad was a cop and my grandfather was a cop. And it's just like, this is what you do, 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 do. And never really questioning that, never really checking in with, is that what I desire? Is that my purpose? But just buying into what you see and what you learn as the way to be, as the norm. So, you know, the, the, the first place is really awareness of that, awareness of what is it that's in your script called the movie of your life? What did you inherit? And is this you? Do you like giving yourself for the first time a choice of like, do I want to keep this or do I not? And what do I want? And some things are minor, whether it's like seeing, oh, mom was a teacher, so that's what you do, or dad's an accountant, that I'll just go into business. Like that was me. I majored in finance and business and followed dad's steps, even though what I wanted was psychology. I found it after all. But um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's like the minor ones like that to the more major ones that come from. Um, a trauma, as I defined it, whether it's big or small trauma, that in that moment, you didn't have the capacity to process. So, but we're programmed to survive as humans. So some, some tactic kicks in to survive it. Let's say mom and dad are yelling at each other and you feel really scared and alone. And instead of yelling, stop, or I'm scared, you curl up into a ball 
and you just you 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 sit there holding all that energy right and right there you lock yourself into a behavior a way of handling when people get loud and you get scared you learn to shut down or you learn to check out so starting to unravel and uncover those learnings those behaviors as like oh it that that's a that's just an incomplete loop this experience happened to me and i didn't have the the cognitive ability because we don't have logic before age seven and i didn't and my nervous system didn't know how to handle all this energy so that's how it survived it and so being able to now reflect back and bring the awareness of the adult self that you are and learn the tools that uh that are supportive of the nervous system being able to hold that experience feel that intensity from mom and dad for example and re and then edit edit the script allow yourself to to go back to that moment and see okay if i if i knew i was safe and having the awareness that i have the today and being able to now with these tools that i'm learning um feel this energy that's coming this emotion that i'm experiencing and allow myself to have that oh then what would have i done next instead of curling up into a ball and shutting down and then literally allowing yourself to express that i would have yelled stop you're scaring me mm -hmm. and that completes the loop suddenly this part of you that has been diverted separated from the rest of you uh, is able to integrate back into the whole so we say you know there's a there's a book called uh, the body keeps the score and how whether you remember the experience the trauma or not it's stored in in the fascia and i imagine lance could speak to this as a chiropractor it's you know the cellular memory is there and uh -huh. it's amazing that as people feel into whatever they're holding wherever they're holding it and allow themselves to move through this process it it discharges it releases it integrates back into the whole and i'm going to say this and it, the listeners may not get it until they experience it but it's it's not about not feeling things anymore it's about building your nervous system's capacity to hold more energy mm. yeah i i want to well, two things that came to me as you were describing that. Well, number one, this, by the way, for all you listeners out there, this is exactly what I learned uh, last year, beginning last year. And uh, I remember in our first call, I mean, I come in with all these big questions. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? And I'm not, and I was like, well, just hold on to those. We're going to, we're going to learn how to actually feel your feelings. And your feelings. 
Um, and that, that's actually one of the things that, one of the reasons why I feel called to share this work with veterans and first responders, because I realized that a lot of these really big questions that we tend to ask primarily because the military outsources your meaning and your purpose for you, it gives you one. Mm -hmm. uh, and so of course you're going to ask that question when you're not in the military anymore. One of the things that came as I was in the process of learning about this uh, was that I actually had to go all the way back to where I learned all these beliefs before I could even start describing or, or even intuitively receiving, which is what, how I like to describe it, purpose and creating meaning. Um, and so you, you talked, you gave us kind of a, a little bit of a process there that uh, was really, I, I really love that the way you were describing it. Like there's the trauma we talked about earlier, you can't actually feel it all the way through. So now we're gonna recreate that experience for you to actually feel it all the way through, release it, and now you have the capacity to, to actually uh, to hold that. So you're, you're no longer just, it, it's not about, um, the way I, I try to describe it is, you're gonna do something really difficult, uh, and likely most of us are, are, are uh, used to tensing up. Oh, we're gonna do something hard, so oh, we're gonna tense up. What Anat and TCS has taught us has been do do the hard thing calmly, like re, like allow yourself to open into it. As that capacity grows, you actually can go through something challenging without tightening up, without tensing up, without trying to survive the thing because you've addressed at the core what the beliefs were. Yeah. So my, my question leading through there is how do our beliefs tie into our, our body, our, our nervous system response. What is that link there? Hmm. Good question. Well, there's a body mind connection. And some would say that the mind starts it off first. Uh, but I, the, the, our emotions are just energy in motion. And energy moves a lot quicker than thought does. So quick that you think it's, oh, I had the thought first and then the experience. No, you had a sensation that mm. uh, you then quick, you felt mm -hmm. quickly labeled as I'm anxious. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then said, uh oh, how do I fix this? Because you learned it's not, you know, being anxious mm -hmm. is wrong. Mm -hmm. There's, for the scientist and the doctor and me, there's actually research that shows that before an anxiety attack or a panic attack actually occurs, there's change in breathing patterns, there's change in uh, muscle tone, there's change in the. Uh, electrical connectivity of the moisture of your skin before somebody has a panic attack. So yes, you feel way before you actually process it in the mind. Yeah. 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 I, I did some research before I put that information in my modules. So I agree, <laughs> but you said it cool. much better than me. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So how to answer your question, John, how it mm -hmm. connects is, um, 
what's important is, is the mindset and the body, you know, Mm. for those listening that have been in self-development for a while and have done a lot of cognitive work, mindset work, which is where I started. It's been 17 years, but the first eight years of it, I spent doing a lot of mindset work. Um, so, um, I, I like calling that trimming weeds. It's like, okay, it's mm-hmm. a powerful tool to know, mm-hmm. to have mastery over your language and mindset, but it could just trim a weed. And then what happens that weed grows back. And then when I learned the energetic body, the somatic body, um, that's amazing too, but that's not enough either for people that just know that. Mm-hmm. so important for us to have connection and master both the ability to feel the experience and also listen to how the monkey mind labels that and be able to reframe and work together with the body and the safety that you want and the experience that you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I love how you said that. We have a, there's an assumption in most of our culture, especially among the military, uh, I would say former military veterans, that these things are all separate. There's the gym where you work out, the, your, you know, your kitchen table in your kitchen where you make food for your body. And then there's the, the, the stuff you think about at work. And then there's the emotions that you deal with, you know, with your family or with yourself or whatever. The, the, the siloed experience of yourself. And, and we have this assumption that they are actually separate because for whatever reason in our culture, we've been led to believe that those are separate pieces. And I remember very distinctly when I realized that loop was actually all connected uh, going through TCS and now uh, facilitating others through this work. It was like a light bulb to freedom in my own body. Yeah. It was, holy shit, if I follow that thought, which is some belief that I have, that then triggers something in my body, which triggers some kind of response, which then triggers the protector that I want to use. And in, the, in that moment, even when I know it's happening, I'm aware that it's happening, I'm still doing it. Yeah. And so the, the practice of actually catching ourselves or noticing when those things are happening and then allowing ourselves to be like okay where are we at i'm in that spot again how do we use our breath our body to bring us back to center bring us back to groundedness to normal yeah you 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 hit it on the nail it's exactly before you even said it i was like oh i know what i'm going to share next (laughs) john has a lot of good questions it starts with it starts with the breath yeah. I mean, as much as you think you're in this loop of like, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did I have the thought first or the sensation first? And it's just, just notice when, when, when you're off and what's going to downregulate your system is, is the breath. So how much can you come back to a, um, uh, a grounding deep breath and, uh, be able to then sense what's going on because like Lance said that's one of the things that first happens when anxiety comes up or fear comes up or all that is a change in our breathing pattern in our temperature in our um, I forget the other word you used but it was really I don't I made it up yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, whatever so 
I'd say the, to have the best relationship between the body and the mind of working together, there needs to first be uh, a surrender to the body first because the body is brilliant. Oh yeah, body is brilliant, and um, you don't need you don't you don't need. And when I say mind, I mean our thought. Obviously, the brain is there, and that <laughs> handle. You know, we can't do without that. We're yeah. not talking about the brain. We're talking mm-hmm. about you know the the thoughts, the cognitive um, uh, behaviors. So surrendering that and letting the body lead. Because when you think about a woman when she's pregnant, no thought other than, oh, wait, I can't have that glass of wine or, oh, <laughs> am I eating enough? You know, yeah. aside from those two thoughts, mm-hmm. no thought is necessary for that baby to develop in the womb. That's incredible. Mm. Yeah. No thought is necessary for your heart to yeah. beat. No thought is necessary yeah. for your heart to beat. Yeah. So first and foremost, surrender to the body taking the lead. And that is easier said than done in our culture <laughs> where we have been so um, programmed to, to think our way through things, to fix things, to control things with our mind. So much so that most of us have severed the connection here mm-hmm. and uh, completely live head up and completely disconnect and disengage from the body. And so hear my words here. Let let yourself surrender to the body. And so, you know, next issue is like, yeah, but I've been living in my head so long. How do I like reconnect these two first and foremost? Mm. And um, so practice that uh, I, I teach and I know you're familiar is what I've coined priming safety. So you want to imagine, you know, a wall that is that is blue and now you want it to be yellow you can't just put yellow paint on there you have to put primer first so think of the blue as the head and the yellow as the body and if you want to reconnect the two you got to prime it you got to prime safety you got to calm that monkey mind and start creating the power back in the body what's going to create that power back in the body is your body language and your breath Uh, that's going to say like yeah i'm I'm a soldier. I'm strong, right? <laughs> you think about how they have soldier, how, how they have you guys stand in the military, mm-hmm. like strong stance. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to that, so the the practice of priming safety is a first looking at your body language. So how does one sit when they're scared? Curled up, arm, oh, arms yeah, crossed. Yeah. Exactly, protecting their 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 heart, their organs. How does one sit when they feel safe and open to receive? Sprawled out on the couch. (laughs) It's right. (laughs) Yeah, possibly, but (laughs) but not because you're. um, What's the word for it? Uh, You wouldn't be. I wouldn't call that safe. You're vulnerable. Mm. If you're sprawled mm, okay. out on the couch and someone jumps from behind the couch mm-hmm. at you, you're, you're a little too relaxed. <laughs> now I'm afraid to sleep on the couch. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Yeah. So um, you want to sit spine straight, palms open, open to receive, right? Palms up. So right there, that's already signaling. Like, I got you. I'm strong. Spine is strong. Spine is straight. 
-hmm. Next thing is the breath. How does one breathe when they don't feel safe? Short, shallow. Short, yeah. Or they hold their breath completely. They breathe. Oh, God, yeah. Up up here in the chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Mm -hmm. next thing is uh, creating safety through the breath. So I like to start with an exhale through Mm. the mouth so that we are clearing out all that stagnant air that we've been shallow breathing or holding. Like, let's get rid of all that old air. Blow it all out, all out, all out. Really suck your belly in, empty it all out so that your first deep breath will be super deep into your belly, into your diaphragm. And then taking those deep, slow breaths. Again, what are you signaling to yourself? I'm safe. And then the last part to prime safety, to reconnect is to occupy the monkey mind. That's saying, "Uh oh, what do I do? How do I fix this? I don't want to feel this. I can't handle this. How do I make this stop? And instead repeating, I'm safe. I'm safe to be in my body. I'm safe to feel this, safe to experience this. I'm safe, safe to be in my body, safe to feel this. And repeating that while taking those breaths, while sitting spine straight. And then scanning your body for any sensation you feel. It doesn't have to be a painful sensation. It could be like an itch that you need to scratch, but don't scratch it. Just notice it. Or it could be your, you know, you just ate lunch and movement in your stomach. It could be, you know, your muscle soreness because your your trainer kicked your butt. Whatever it is, you just observe different parts so that you're showing that like, oh, you're actually connected to what is happening in your body. And you just keep scanning until you get to this point where you're like, Oh, it's clear. Like it, it's all there. I'm, I'm, I'm with all of me in my body. So yeah. that start, mm. get back in the body. And then you could explore things that come up for you. And so the importance of the dance between the body and the mind is also, are, are you, are you, are you making up stories? Are you fueling the fire? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get mm-hmm. triggered by your partner about X, Y, Z, but then you make up all these, then, then you pile more stuff on it. <laughs> and then you wonder why you're, you're even more angry. Or I have clients that say to me, oh, no, I'm, I'm good with feeling my feelings. I cry all the time, but it doesn't do anything. I was like, you're not crying. You're indulging. It's like, imagine, here's my, here's my metaphor for you. Imagine your emotions as the part of you called your inner child. So imagine anytime you feel any emotion, whether it's happy, horny, or like scared, upset, sad, that it's your little boy or your little girl coming into the room. And that and they're saying to you, I am dot dot dot. I'm anxious right now, or I'm angry right now, or I'm upset because Susie didn't want to play with me in the playground. And imagine, right? So that's that's the inner child, that's the emotions, that's the body, the feeling. 
And then imagine the mind, if you don't have mindset tools and you don't know how to um, uh, shift out of negative thinking, um, saying to that little one, oh, Susie didn't want to play with you at the park today because you're ugly, you're stupid, you're a loser. How would little Susie feel? <laughs> how, how would your inner child feel? I should say, not little Susie. Yeah. How would your inner child feel? More upset or less upset? Pretty upset. Uh, yeah, quite More pissed upset. off. Yeah. More upset. This is what we do to ourselves as adults. Something happens, like you know, you you don't you don't hear back from from this girl that you texted, or you know, your wife upsets you, or whatever your partner, and that's all that happened but then you added more story on top of it adding fuel to the flames fuel to the flames oh god exactly. yeah exactly and so that is what happens when people have a weak mindset mm -hmm. when you haven't done any mindset work any story work and 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 you know okay i could feel my feelings yeah those are the people that are like oh i feel my feelings I cry all the time. I'm like, yeah, you have a weak mind then because you're not, you're not crying, releasing. You are indulging. You're mm. not, oh, I express my anger. <clears throat> no, no, no. You're building a fire here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the indulging would, can we consider that almost the exact same thing as um, the addictions, whether it's phone, you know, it's it's a is it considered a behavior that we participate in to not um deal with something that needs to be dealt with yeah absolutely yeah 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 indulging in an emotion can be just as much as a protector as drinking yeah um mm -hmm. one of the things that you brought up or not um that was really powerful in that in that the last part that you shared um Our, our audience tends to have the opposite problem of indulging too much in emotion. <laughs> they are actually almost, they have developed a lot of grit, a lot of strength and ability to do a lot of things. They've developed uh, uh, logic. They, the, these are sort of the, the common themes here. So when you say something like the inner child or uh, allowing yourself to feel your emotions i can hear you guys out there right now going what what is this is this like a a feelings hour um <laughs> and one of the things i've been talking to people about lately has been listen man this is emotional resilience training like this is not you can call it like you know feel your feelings hour but truly the idea isn't come here and let's feel it and let's all kumbaya. Yes, we want we can you to do, do that, that too. Because it's really important. Yeah. It's very, very important to the journey. And the purpose of creating all of this is actually to create more resilient people who can do more challenging things, who can hold more, like you said earlier, a little bit more about that capacity to hold more. And for those of you who have this um, I'm going to break your paradigm of leadership right now. Uh, authentic leadership requires truly feeling all of your feelings. 
you really want to lead from a place of grounded authority, feel all of your shit completely all the way through the end. Uh, because if you're not doing that, then you're leading from a place up here, some creation that you had, some belief that you made up. You're not necessarily completely aligned. And you can tell from the people who aren't living that way because, you know, we, a lot of our, uh, the clients we've chatted with already, um, the interviews we've done disconnected from themselves disconnected mm -hmm. from their communities, having a hard time making a new community, having mm -hmm. a tough time keeping relationships. relationships. Yeah. 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 And, and therefore they're robbing themselves of an emotion of a feeling that they do want to feel, which is happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love, joy, joy. <clears throat> yeah. connection. Yeah. Excitement. Connection. So yeah. Um, yeah, if I said we spent the next hour feeling and, and, and that feeling was all happiness, you'd all be like, woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and we chase that. We chase mm. it by numbing out the other stuff. Like, let me just, mm -hmm. let me just drink here. Cause then I get to just be happy. Uh, yeah. And I really challenge you all to become energetic Jedis, like energetic masters and to get away from viewing your emotions as the label that which is so surface like mm -hmm. you know happy yes please horny fuck yeah um <laughs> angry sad anxious how do i fix this like, get away from the label mm. view it mm. one layer deeper go deep here mm -hmm. and the one layer deeper what you're going to discover is that those quote unquote emotions are just energy. And what that means is, is they're sensations. They cause some kind of uh, sensation in the body. So I'll say more. Excitement and anxiety feel very similar in the body. Mm -hmm. Describe it. Well, one, you can, if there's excitement, people would probably label it more like, oh, it's butterflies in my stomach. And if it's anxiety, it's usually described more as, oh, it's like, it's like a windstorm inside of me, just like really fast energy. Oh, aren't those the same butterflies? <laughs> and, you know, if you're walking down the aisle about to marry your sweetheart, yeah, most likely your mind is going to say, I'm, I'm excited. And if you're about to, you know, get on stage and speak in front of 200 people, you'd be like, I'm scared, I'm anxious. Uh, but the felt sensation is similar. And so getting curious about what you label as a feeling, as an emotion, get curious about uh, the energy uh -huh. and being an energy Jedi. And so if I were to ask you, where do you feel that in your body? Where do you feel that anger in your body? Does it have a shape, a texture, a color? a size, a weight to it, then what you're becoming is an energy Jedi and you're learning to be with it as what it actually is. What it yeah. actually is, is just these like little pings of sensations. That's it. That's what you're scared of? You're scared of constriction and tightness and heat in your chest that you call anger 
or this tightness in your throat that if you actually felt you might you might let these liquid watery things out of your <laughs> eyes my yeah. eyes are leaking Ow. Oh. Here. oh god yeah so you know being being emotionally resilient like building that ability because i imagine most of you listening here are definitely physically fit and um and a handful of you imagine are also mentally fit if not all of you but getting emotionally fit because we are we, we have emotions you look at a baby those of you that are parents listening to this right now that baby is demonstrating you all spectrums of human Mm -hmm. all spectrums of the emotions and you don't grow out of those. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's not something you grow out of, but it's something that we unfortunately haven't been taught to live with and to be with. And it's happening whether you like it or not. Right. Isn't it right now? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And you want more of this feeling, you know, Joseph Campbell, who wrote the hero's journey, says bliss is any emotion felt all the way through you want to experience more happiness more bliss go experience the the shame the guilt the sadness mm -hmm. all that stuff that you're getting away from there's gold in there and there's nothing to fix or change about it there mm -hmm. really just is to become what i'm going to coin here and i've actually never said this before it's just an energetic jedi like mm -hmm. how much can I, how many ways can I name this experience, this sensation here? How much can I observe it in my body right now without needing to do anything, but really seeing if I could see it, if I like laser focus and see that it's this like cold beam running from my belly button up to my throat and it's, you know, the size of my fist and it's moving really fast or whatever have fun with it it's it's, it's wonderful once i learned that process and i've heard you say this in not in other podcasts um, once i learned that process of actually recognizing feelings in the body and them presenting themselves in that way once I recognize that and observe it, it's in and out within a matter of seconds and minutes. And I think you said this 90 seconds. Yeah. There's been Harvard studies. You can Google it right now. Google Ooh, okay. you know, 90 seconds move through emotions. <clears throat> and there's been studies of this that, um, and we're not talking about like grief here. If you lost a loved one, I mean, that's going to come there, There's layers to that, uh -huh. but you know, everyday trigger, or even with a child, if you, with your, with your little boy or little girl, if, if you just hold the space for them, like sit with them lovingly, put all your attention, put your phone down. And if your little boy is upset, and you just observe him and put your hand maybe on his back and say, it's okay, I'm here, you can feel this. That little boy will move through his upset in 90 seconds and then be ready to play again. The reason why it gets dragged on, whether you're, 
you're doing it to your child or to yourself is because you're saying to that little boy, what's wrong? Why do you feel, what, what can I do? Why do you feel this way? Or you're fine, no big deal. And that is prolonging it. Or as an adult, you're resisting it. You don't want to feel this experience. You want it to go away. And that resistance is prolonging it. Become an energetic Jedi and just like slash that shit in 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah. I love Play that, that, need, game like, that needs to go on the website, Energetic Jedi. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> stickers, stickers and patches. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I love that term. And, um, you know, what I'm curious about Anat, is as we become energetic Jedi's and we start feeling all our emotions all the way through and to my, my, what the point I was making at the beginning of this kind of thread here about purpose, meaning what's in your heart, mm -hmm. um, what's available after people have practiced this over and over for for some time what, what's available for for those that are seeking to become energetic jedis what's yeah, possible everything that you desire mm. and i say this and I, I know you said earlier you know when you came into the program and you asked me okay how do i, how do I get to my purpose and i'm like let's slow down there <laughs> you can't get to that if you haven't dealt with all the uh, stored emotions, traumas, experiences, whatever you want to call it. Um, you, you, those are, those are blocking the flow of energy <clears throat> through your heart. And so said differently, or here's my, here's my example. Again, a child is upset. Um, you know, you can try sometimes succeed, but eventually will come out at some point in the day to divert that child from their upset to just playing. <laughs> but most of the time they don't want to play when they're upset. They just want to feel through that upset. And when they do, the next second, they're ready to do what? They're ready to play again. And so you want to see it as like, uh, the, the, the flow is there again, their access to their creativity and to what they desire, which is to just be playful and, and, um, and have fun and be creative is back. And it's the same thing for us. If you are searching, seeking with your mind of like, well, what is my bigger purpose now that I'm done with the military? Or what am I really here to do? Um, but you haven't, cleared anything that may be in the way it's going to be very hard to hear their heart very hard to 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 reach that and very easy once you do once you do it just it all flows you find that you feel free it takes a lot of energy to resist our energy so much so that well if you're if you're busy resisting here how can you play how can you create yeah. How can you feel free? Yeah. To, to give an example of how people get stuck in those patterns, we, we back to our original conversation about you got out of the military, you're successful, you're making money, you're doing the thing. You know, <laughs> I like to talk about this because most of the military transition system is built to make sure that people get jobs, like be employed, <laughs> don't be homeless, <laughs> be another so, cog in the wheel. Exactly. And so one of the things that 
you know, that, that the statistics that the government usually <clears throat> focuses on is, is are, people, are veterans employed or not? Great. I'm not against that at all. What I will say is once you're employed, people generally who are asking these bigger questions, a lot of the people we've talked to find themselves in positions where they're, everything's fine on the, sur on the surface, quote unquote. They've realized these, these societal dreams. Maybe your parents thought that's what success thought, so you've carried that forward. And you find yourself questioning what you're even doing. So those questions, uh, or at least that place you're in when you're, when you're questioning what it is that you're doing, should, are the clues to maybe you take the wrong direction. You were just talking about like actually doing something that's meaningful or following your heart. It's actually really easy. Like some of the easiest things I've done, the, the taking the leap is usually the thing that's a little scary, the, the moment when you do it. And then afterwards, it's just like, oh, God, I can just be myself. Holy shit. I feel like I've been holding on to this identity forever. So, yeah. you know, I, I invite everybody to, if you're listening out there, to, to allow yourself to have this. And if you're in that place where you're scratching that itch and it's getting a little weird because nothing is really filling you up, what Anat is talking about is, is a powerful way to get to what it is you really want. Yeah. And I want to say it's easy on the other side. And the reason it's, and it's not the easy that people hearing this right now think. Right, right. Hmm. It's easy because you've built your nervous system's capacity to ride bigger waves. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know this, you, you just took that leap and made that transition. Are things easy? Um, no, they're not easy, but you have emotional resiliency. You have the capacity to handle whatever life hands you. That's emotional resiliency. Life's going to keep handing us stuff, uh -huh. whether it's minor or major, whether it's like the law, you know, we're all going to go through losing our parents one day uh -huh. and, you know, or, or, you know, we're going to go through, um, a pandemic, a pandemic, uh -huh. you know, having a child, losing a job, things like that, that you don't plan for or expect, or that, you know, are inevitable. And, um, is that the thing that's going to like break you down and have you fall apart? Or are you know that like, I can thrive no matter what, because I have emotional resiliency. So it's a, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a Jedi power that you can choose to give to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I love about, uh, the work that you've done and have taught me for the last year now. Um, you know, as I learned to, as I practiced doing it for others as well, that, um, it's actually not the easy path at all. I, I say easy in the sense that I know what's in my heart. And so I'm going to follow that. I'm not saying it's not, it doesn't have trials and challenges and, and testing mm -hmm. you, you, you knock on the door of the universe and like, I'm taking this journey, brother. It'll, it'll swing a lot of way, a lot of challenges at yeah. you. And every time, like you said, you're just having this like expansion, like, oh, I can hold this. Oh, wait, yeah. that thing that used to be a big deal a year ago now is another Tuesday. Like, it's not a big deal. 
Mm-hmm. It's freeing is what it is. It's freeing, it's that's freeing right. And it's empowering because most mm. of us are not living empowered. We're living in survival, in victimhood. Things are happening mm-hmm. to me. How do I survive this? And that is a disempowering place. And so when you are empowered, you are free. And you know that, hey, life's going to hand me stuff and I know how to navigate it. I'm, I'm the creator of my life. And so that's really the gift and opportunity that you give yourself by um, delving into, you know, exploring what's under the hood. (laughs) (laughs) I I say this quite a bit and I've, I I use this analogy quite a bit when I'm talking about this stuff. I've talked to some stone cold motherfuckers, like people that knock down doors and shoot people in the face. And when I bridge the topic of talking about feelings and emotions, they just say, nope. I'm done. Like they will go into a gunfight, no questions asked. But when I ask to talk about emotions, like they don't want to do it. And <clears throat> personally, they don't know what they're missing. They don't. They don't. And I have a lot of lot of compassion for like whatever is behind or in that Pandora's box. And um, with the tools they have, yeah, absolutely. Do not open Pandora's box it will implode. It's like, so <laughs> it's valid. Point. It's completely point. valid. I'd be like, yeah, valid. And my next question to them would be, and if I taught you some tools that mm. could have you be a Jedi with what's behind that, are you open to learning those tools? You'll learn the tools before you open the box. So you still have a choice, mm-hmm. but are you willing to learn the tools? I would imagine so. And, you know, some of those tools are, are, uh, are fun for them. Like, work. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the tools you mentioned on here aren't all, you know, woo-woo, girly, frilly. Like, they're just sitting there and breathing, which we do all day. Unfortunately, most of us are doing it horribly. Yeah, yeah. But, like, our, you know, so I'd say two of the biggest practices – um, to bring to uh, and, and actually have been brought to veterans and first responders are what's called TRE, Tension and Trauma Release Exercises. Um, it's all over the world brought to uh, um, people that are in war zones, um, which is all about releasing the tension and the trauma that the body's holding. And, and it's exercises, it's movement. Mm-hmm. And the body just goes into this involuntary response of tremoring and releasing whatever it's holding so that your nervous system can downregulate and you could actually rest and relax. <laughs> can chill out, yeah. Chill out, mm-hmm. right? And then there's breath work. And yes, I demonstrated the priming safety breath work, which is more mm-hmm. very, you know, still and calm. But then there's, all right, let's see how far we can go with like hol- holotropic breath work right? Mm-hmm. Intense mm-hmm. breath work mm-hmm. to expand your capacity to experience and hold more energy. Mm-hmm. And in that experience, yeah, you may have a good scream or a good growl or a good, or a good cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's going to feel so fucking good. And <laughs> All of the above. It. Yeah. And you're going to do it with a group of people, all everybody scream together. So there's, there's, 
There's some fun tools that when you practice these tools, you will become more and more open to exploring what's in Pandora's box. Yeah, and uh, the, if you're if you're willing to explore that box, if you're willing to see what's beneath the hood, if you're willing to ask the big questions and allow yourself to go through that process, you know, it, it is my authentic belief that we can create, if you're willing, into a heart-centered, authentic leader that I know a lot of veterans, that's their wish. That's the thing that they want to yeah. do in the world. They want to get mm -hmm. out and they still want to serve. They want to get out and they still want to be a pillar of their community. They, they want to have fun and they want to, you know, still do things that are purposeful and meaningful. And I'm telling you, as a product of this experience, it is 100,000% possible for you to do all of that. And in fact, mm -hmm. your capacity to, to dig in and to really uncover these things is what gives you the capacity to do more. You know, we can, I can cry about something I failed that last week, which by the way, was something that literally happened to me last week. I cried about it. And then the next day I was like, all right, so what did I do wrong? I was able to feel through the emotion all the way through and then reassess and look at it like what, what didn't go wrong, went, right? Yeah, yeah, get my power right back. back. I mean, that happened to me two weeks ago. I had someone that we hired to do some work for us and just bailed <laughs> right before she was supposed to present us with the, uh, the strategy. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked. I was angry. I was angry. And I was scared because I was like, we're in launch mode right now. What do we do? Mm -hmm. But I knew the most important thing to do was allow myself to just be angry, feel the part of me that felt like a victim for a day. Like just, yeah, feel it all without adding any other stuff. And it was such a gift because within two days, um, yeah, that passed through clarity came and ideas and creativity came. And now I'm like, Oh, that was the biggest gift. Thank you for bailing. So, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, that, that's the other thing I'd say, uh, accepting your experience the, to move through it faster, start, start thinking the experience say, yeah. How quickly can you say thank you? Uh, for what it is that you're experiencing really grants it permission to be there and for you to, for you to feel it. Yeah. That's the opposite yeah. of complaining about it. Yeah. Or being a victim. Yeah. Being a victim where you're powerless. We all want to, I mean, you, you want to gain your power back, right? You want to be back in your power, in your stride, making the impact that you want to make in the world, in your community, for your family, um, you know, and, and I get it, I get it to struggle, especially, um, for veterans, uh, you know, like you said, the rate of suicide and all that, the level of depression that's happening. Like, uh, I really, I, I sympathize with their experience and, um, I'm so excited that you guys are creating what you've created here with the rising warrior. And it's just the beginning for you. Because it's just so necessary for, uh -huh. for, um, for those veterans, for those first responders to know that there are tools out there that could really help them 
get their power back and thrive. Yeah. Thank that's you. A, that's a mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That feels wonderful hearing you say that. Mm. Um, not thank you for being on. Mm. Very appreciative. Um, if any of this resonated or touched people, how can they find you? What are you doing? What's going on? Sure. Yeah. Well, training camp for the soul.com is my website. And um, we uh, have a master class coming up. But if you hear this after that, you can uh, catch the replay from our website. And if you want to chat with me, you can find me on Instagram at anot.perry. I may not be in my stories a lot, but I'm always in my DMs. So if you follow me, I message every new follower because I want to know who are you and why the hell are you following me and how can I support you? Yeah, reach out to her. She'll talk to you. She'll most likely blow your mind. Yeah, and um, if I could leave you guys with the listeners with where, where's a good start if you're not ready to leap in with Rising Warrior or with Training Care for the Soul, pick up the book, The Untethered Soul mm-hmm. by Michael Singer. You know, short chapters. He really breaks it down for you of the journey to untether your soul. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. one of... Yeah, it's one of the books we recommend, that and The Body Keeps the Score. Um, Which is a lot more dense. <laughs> yeah, that's a, te- that's a For those of you that like that, yeah. dive into that one. If, you're, if you just have like five minutes a day, The Untethered Soul is broken down to like short chapters, and these nuggets in there are going to blow your mind. I call it like, it's like the Bible, you know, for spirit, for, for Personal development, I'd say. <laughs> Anat, thanks again. Um, thank and for everybody still listening, thank you. <laughs>